Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to Swedes 2, Turnips 1. Uh, now, in recent years, football has seen several extremely gifted managers come to the forefront and dominate the European leagues. Today, we are talking about Jose Mourinho, Pep Guardiola and their decade-long rivalry. I'm Sean Cook. I'll be standing in for Reshman Chowdhury today. I'm delighted to be joined by the Suns head of sport, Sean Custis, and football writers Martin Blackburn and Neil Custis. Gents, great to have you here. Uh, you know the drill by now. Uh, we'll kick off with a quick fire question. As a group, if we can, uh, can you give me the best and worst traits of, of this pair? Hmm. It, it depends when you take Mourinho, for instance, from uh, when he started off at Chelsea, the surprising, yep. the absolutely guaranteed, I mean, he's still guaranteed headlines now, but yeah, for sure. back then he was like something that we'd never seen before. From a journalist point of view, absolute gold. But on the negative side, some of the things he did with referees poking another manager's eye out, um, to, which which when you when you sort of get to know him, you think, why do you do that? You're such an engaging character. You're such mm. you can be such fun. But when he loses it, or when he gets in grumpy, yeah, and he's been more grumpy perhaps of recent years than he probably used to be. That's the downside to right. him. But always interesting. Gents, mm. same feeling? Certainly about Jose, yeah. Mm. In terms of uh, box office, there's not been too many too many like him, uh, Sean. You know, he's, you, you couldn't miss his press conferences. The, the, the last few weeks at United, extra, some extraordinary, last, last few months, some extraordinary yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff came out. With with Pep, I suppose his, his devotion to, to playing attractive football, really. Yeah. He just will not, he will not waver from that. But I don't know if it's a strength or a weakness, really. He, he is he's such an intense guy. Uh, and as a result of that, I don't think think perhaps in the media we see the we see the best of him certainly not compared to Jose anyway so absolutely Neil mm. best and worst of the pair in press conference I would say that Jose answers every question and gives good answers and was always box office for us in good and bad times and that's and that's what we want you know? yeah for sure I couldn't care what mood he's in <laughs> um, you know in fact covering Man United was more difficult when they were winning everything uh, because there wasn't really anything to go at but I just find Guardiola pompous and arrogant with people who ask him simple questions and it's almost as if, how dare you ask St Pep this question? I find his press conferences very difficult and I find him very rude. Have you mm. found it, or found that there's been a shift since he joined City? Was it different to the start than it is now? Obviously, it's been more difficult in this season because they haven't done as well. Yeah. So more questions have to be asked as to why that is the case. Uh, but you know, you, you you saw at the weekend, he clearly locked the players in the in in the dressing room for an hour. He was asked the question as to why and what was being said, and he 
answered it rather you know a really smart yeah. trying to you know take a rise out of the interviewer saying oh I was just talking to my staff and my mm. wife you know mm. well if he's talking to his wife for an hour that's about an hour longer than I've talked to mine for about a year <laughs> so you know he, he's, he's I, I just find him rude and I just find him rude and arrogant with, I, with we, the media I think mm, he's finding this season particularly hard he, he, he has a way about him which as if to say what about the last two seasons like you lot almost don't give me any credit like we're not prepared to give him any credit of course we give him loads yeah, of credit for did. what he did before but he's taking great umbrage to people questioning him this season because he thinks we're not taking previous yeah. seasons yeah, into yeah. account mm. I, I know that was a trait at, at Bayern and at Barcelona as well that really you should bow down to his extensive achievements yeah. rather than taking anything in isolation Yeah, Mo- moving away from them as, as, as people uh, Neil you particularly I, I think have been impressed with the work rate of Guardiola's teams wouldn't you say Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's not about, and I noticed this uh, most in the 2011 European Cup final at uh, Wembley uh, against Manchester United, where they'd already beaten them in 2009. In 2009, Man United should have won that game. They they they, they blew that. 2011 was completely different. They deserved to lose to the extent that they did, which was three one. But what what impressed me the most was not so much the going forward all the short passing and everything like that the way they weave through Manchester United what impressed me the most was when Manchester United actually won the ball in their own sort of say defensive third or in their own half the way they were hounded down Mm. by players the likes of Iniesta and Messi who you only think about for magical football but the way they were hounded down and the way they were able to do that for 90 minutes now you know a lot of teams um, you know we saw Oli Solskjaer tried to do this with Manchester United last season and they, they wore themselves out. They just couldn't they couldn't do it. So that's why the last two months that they um they tapered away. But Barcelona were able to do that week in, week out, every game. Now, it wasn't so difficult in the Spanish league to do it all the time because the competition wasn't as great as the Premier League. Mm. But to do it in the Champions League and to still be doing it in a final, that was what impressed me more than anything else about them. The other mm. thing that was impressive about them, if you remember, when Guardiola first started off with, with City here, was he was playing in a certain way, full-backs were coming inside, and they, they were playing in a way we weren't used to seeing full-backs But they play. couldn't do it. And, we were no, going, we're, and they weren't doing very well. And we're looking, aha, Guardiola, he's been found out here. Fraudiola. They can't, Fraudiola, they can't do it. They can't but he stuck with it he mm. was determined that they would be playing the way he wanted to play mm. and he wouldn't bend from it and it, I suppose you might have accused him of arrogance even back yeah, then wouldn't yeah, you yeah, that, yeah. I mean Martin will know better than yeah, me yeah. He, he reports on Man City all the time but that was like no you mm. can't right. you're yeah, going to yeah. get whacked yeah. but he didn't and, yeah. he, and he taught his and players and they got, and they got used to work. doing it but his failure for me in terms of getting Manchester City to win the Champions League which is ultimately what the owners in Abu Dhabi want and to for me to change the complete perspective of that football club they need to take that next step yeah. is the Liverpool first leg of the quarter-final last season where in the space of about 20 minutes the game was done he didn't put his foot on the brake in that game he was always we're going to continue to play like this we'll continue to play like this Mm. even though it was clear Liverpool play in these incredible 20 minute bursts which just overwhelmed teams Manchester United under Sir Alex used to do it in the first 20 minutes Liverpool sort of do it sometimes in the middle of a game sometimes late in a game but they play in these incredible feverish bursts Mm. and in that 
in that first leg of that quarter final, when they conceded the first, it was clear that they were on one of those bursts. And Pep wouldn't just say, right, let's keep it simple, let's tie it down, let's not do anything silly, let's just get through this next 20 minutes. It was like, we've still got to play this way, we've still got to play this way, we won't stop playing this way. Mm. And that is what's led him down. And if you actually look at his Champions League record since 2011, it isn't as uh, brilliant as people might think. No, mm. for sure. Mm. Now, partly out of... Uh, of you know, personal curiosity as a Tottenham Hotspur fan and, and partly out of uh, of being the host of today's show, what makes Jose Mourinho an exceptional manager, Neil? What is it about him that makes him as good as he is? I mean, I, I mean, for me, he's he is an absolute genius and he is the best manager of the last decade. You know, people go on about Pep, Pep, Pep. Who took over a great Barcelona team? Who took over a great Man City team? What, what Mourinho did in... Bayern Munich team <laughs> and a great yeah, Bayern well yeah. I mean trouble winners. he didn't exceed anything your pankers had done at, at, mm-hmm. at Bayern Munich I mean Bayern I mean I I mean I could manage Bayern Munich and win the Bundesliga <laughs> they're not, they're um, not top this year I'd though sit there and say you know just well, as soon as the whistle goes just kick it um, but Mourinho to not only to overcome that Barcelona team to win La Liga which resulted in Pep basically having to take a year out because he was so frazzled by the whole thing but to win the treble with Inter Milan was just astonishing and to to win it with a team that was almost on its last legs to do what he did with Inter Milan was astonishing to go back to Chelsea to win another title to go to Manchester United and win the League Cup Europa League finish second I mean, people forget this. It was only two years ago. Man United was second in the Premier yeah, League, unbelievable. As well as winning the Europa League, and he and he decided the only way we're going to get back in the Champions League, the easiest way, is the Europa League. So forget the Premier League. And he he sorted that all out. The guy was a genius. How Man United? And I've said this to Ed Woodward. I said I cannot understand how you got in a position where you and that man ended up parting ways. Right. I said because the guy the guy is a genius. Mm. Do you, do you think he can do it at Tottenham? Do you think this is a different Mourinho we're going to see now? I, I, I think you'll. I, I think he can't be a different Mourinho. I think if he can be the good Mourinho, then um, it, it can happen. But you're not going to get a better manager at Tottenham than him. No chance. I mean, the, the, no chance. The bit about him which really stood out for me when he first turned up at Chelsea is that the belief in himself mm, that, mm. that's astonishing you could call that, that passion. arrogance you, you've got to remember he comes from a background where he wasn't a player he had to prove himself with everybody and he turns up at Chelsea yes he's won the European Cup I know that but we could have dismissed it as maybe a bit of a fluke that, that he managed to do Sports it are, yeah. he turns up as Chelsea and you know we, I was there for the press conference where I say what is it about you, you know, what, what's the big deal he says I'm not one from the bottle I am the special one in mm. world. Yeah, come <laughs> on. Yeah. Sure, was it, no, was yeah, there no part of you that took that seriously? Was there no part special, of you that went? Well, it was the headlines the next day, and you, mm. you think, well, he has just won the European Cup, so yeah. you, you've got to accept. I won the European Cup with Porto. With Porto, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but this is a different level. Mm. Whatever you think, I know he's won the European Cup, but he's done it with a team that is not recognised as one of the major teams. And you are taking on Chelsea with an owner who's got billions, who's expecting you to make them the best mm. the greatest and he's got no worries about the fact that he believes he can do that that he will make them title winners that never wavered at all in his time at yeah, Chelsea yeah. By, by the time he left he was grumpy they'd all fallen out with each other but he'd left 
not long after he'd still won two cups the league yeah. cup and the fa cup which they deemed not good enough None, it wasn't yeah. good enough for him to win and he's looking at it and think well if that's not good enough for you well so what a consistent mm. winner never had any doubts about himself mm. and, that, and that that self-belief that passion in mm. himself martin yeah uh, has, has made for some interesting interactions along the way yes yes it has yes with uh i mean he, he as i said earlier on uh, sean you know amazing sort of box office his, his press conference is a bit, a bit like alex ferguson really in that you know so often uh, what Jose says uh, in a morning will will set set the agenda. We're probably looking at, at Man United in that usually they do their uh, press first thing in the morning. So therefore, yeah. our people on our desks uh, look forward to it because they know that there's something good uh, coming um, early on that they can put on the the schedule for the day. So, uh, but towards the end at United, certainly he um, he would sort of go off on on these sort of rants, I, I suppose. And a couple that yeah. that stick in my mind. Um, he, he spoke. He, he gave a 13 minute answer uh, talking famously talked about football heritage and why explaining why you know United had kind of slipped off the pace uh, compared to what they used to be mm. uh, compared to you know to, to where they where, where they were now obviously defending his record and, and the fact he'd, I think it was the season after they'd finished uh, second that he did it and um, uh, and you probably remember also the one where he, he, he mentioned the fact that he'd won three Premier League titles and he was holding up three fingers like that and uh, pointed out that you know the, the rest of the Premier League put together which I think would be Pep and uh, Pellegrini had, yeah. had only won two at the time so uh, so basically saying I'm better than the entire sure, Premier yeah. League managers put together well, in terms of that well, yeah, Christ you talk about Pellegrini I mean goodness <laughs> me I mean you know I mean Dave Kidd did a, a, a wonderful line about him uh, in our newspaper this season where he said um he's so lacking in charisma that even automatic doors don't open for him <laughs> and I just thought that absolutely summed him up yeah, yeah. the, the guy was so rude to, to the media mm. he would, you'd audibly hear him sigh as he walked into a press conference <laughs> And um, yeah, okay. He won the he, he won the title in his was his first, first season. season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, playing some good attacking football, but couldn't do it for two seasons after that. Shamelessly negotiated behind Roberto Mancini's back, who <laughs> a man who had Neil is a bit of a Mancini fan. Well, a man who had a man who had given the club their their, their winning mentality, yeah. who had got rid of the stigma of so many years without a trophy so many years without a title who was treated absolutely disgustingly by that football club and then they brought in someone who looks like everybody's grandma <laughs> and and spoke similarly actually my grandma was more interested <laughs> my so, grandma as well but he looked like everyone's grandma yeah. um, he brought a bit of I don't know he, he sort of brought a little bit of boredom to, to Man City mm, in that mm, way mm. Um, but there's no doubt you know there's no doubt that there's no doubt that what Pep has done at, at City has you absolutely gasping in terms of the football particularly last season I mean I took I wasn't actually working at it but I, I took my daughter to the the game on January 3rd when they played Liverpool Liverpool was 7 points ahead and win that and they go 10 points ahead and they probably win the title lose it they're just 4 points and my daughter who's more into football than my son I, I looked at her during the game and she was absolutely fascinated by this game it's one of the greatest Premier League games mm, I've ever seen game. two teams at the very top of their abilities for the last I don't know 30 years for Liverpool 50 years for Manchester City going at it and it was sensational that game and people and people should look at that game again when, when you talk about great Premier League games great Premier League games aren't all about 
a last minute goal or you know you look at the 99 European Cup final it was absolutely dreadful apart from the last three minutes look at that game and, and, and realise how brilliant those two teams were mm-hmm. and that was the greatest performance I think that, that Pep has put on for Man City and yeah. whilst we're still on the subject of Pep obviously uh, he, I think uh, many people say he's as passionate as Mourinho just in a, a very different way he's mm. a different kind of person Would oh you, yeah, yeah. Do you well, that? but I think they both I think they both blow themselves out in the end I think it's very difficult for you know we we sort of look at Sir Alex and we look at uh, you know Arsene Wenger and see their longevity you know Sean Dyche is probably the longest serving one yeah, probably I think, I think in the Premier League yeah. now Yeah, it just doesn't happen anymore it just no, doesn't no, no. happen anymore no. and Pep and Jose, they, they they blow themselves out because they are so intense about the whole thing that they, they just wear they just wear themselves down. Mm. Um, I mean, if you if you talk to Guardiola, just sort of in person in a discussion, he's his intensity to even talk yeah. about the subject you're just talking about. Mm. It was I think it was last season when I went up there and was had a conversation with him with our editor as well, and. When he gets on it, he he, he listens to your conversation, and then he will be talking to you as passionately about football as he would do to the players and right. the directors. Mm. It's quite amazing, and he really wants you to get his point. He is making the point that he does know it better than you, but he really wants right. you to understand yeah. it, yeah. and he will explain if it takes ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It takes ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. But he'll it, sit. He'll sit at home with with like a chessboard out virtually, and, and working out how if all his players do what he says they will definitely win the game Mourinho's like this as well if you follow me he told the Man United players two seasons ago if you follow me you can win this title unfortunately he had players like Paul Pogba who didn't want to listen but I read something a great thing about he actually called his daughter into his uh, into the living room and said look there's one bit of this puzzle I just can't work out and she said well what if he did that that and that and for him it's a puzzle it's not like the, the beautiful game and the no, yeah. for him it's a puzzle that you've got to work out mm. and uh, and he and he just like every single game he looks at it to to that extent mm. whereas you talk to players who played for Sir Alex in the great in the great days they'll tell you that they very very rarely spoke about the opposition they'll tell you that when they played against Barcelona they would talk about Messi and they'd do something to stop him when they played against uh, you know the likes of a Milan when they were great they'd do something to stop their best players mm. but very very rarely would they talk about the opposition they'd just talk about themselves mm. Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavor? dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started
Neil, could you tell us about um, you confronting Jose uh, regarding the UK press? Well, this is when we realised it was all it was all going wrong, and it shouldn't have gone wrong. But they'd just finished second in the Premier League, and we were over in Los Angeles, where he always loved going yep. uh, to the amazing setup at the um, at the University of LA. So we have our first press conference, and he said, and we said, "Are you happy with your squad?" I can't answer that question. And we thought, "Oi, oi, someone's up here." And it was about him not getting the centre back he wanted, which turned out to be Harry Maguire, who they did end up getting. But after he'd gone. And he was in a mood for quite a long time, and a lot of us had um, really supported him and praised him uh, over his time at Man United, and rightly so. And anyway, so he wouldn't do what I referred to uh, in previous podcasts about the, the famous sit-down on a pre-season tour, when you get the best interview with a manager who's sort of relaxed and got a bit of time to talk to you, and he wouldn't do one, so... I hung back after a press conference and confronted him about it. Mm. And he knew I was pro him, and he, he recognised that fact through through articles I'd done. And he says, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. And I says, no, no, no. I says, I says, there's other people who are pro you as well. I said, you've got to talk to all of us. Makes me sound like a number 10 lobbyist here. But, <laughs> um, and typical of, a, of someone who's trying to be a bit of a bully, and Fergie could be like this as well, that when you actually confronted them, yeah. they started to back down. And he was, like, backing down a little bit. He still didn't do the sit-down because we then all reported, or I reported, that he, you know, had snubbed the English media. Um, and I was then told that it's all my fault that he's not going to sit down with the rest of us. Actually, the press officer um, told the other English journalists behind my back that um, he's not going to do a sit-down because Neil wrote that in the paper. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, whereas I was the one who actually stood up for everyone. He loves the show as well, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we, get used, we were talking about... Um, we've talked about other managers who don't like press conferences and that and sometimes people like Jose like to make out they don't like them but actually they do they think about it before they do it it's theatre they, they, they know the mm. theatre and if it's a particularly big game and they mm. want to get a point across Mourinho yeah. you, you knew sometimes that something good would be coming and I'll, I'll never forget Barcelona the uh, Chelsea where he was on the stage somebody says and you know when you go to the manager and say what's your team and they go oh you'll find out the team tomorrow yeah. and he goes uh, check and go whatever right yeah, through yeah, the team yeah. drug blah 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 right through the team and then he goes and I'll tell you the Barcelona team as well and he went right through the Barcelona Amazing. team as well absolutely but then he got up strode off and it would have been absolutely perfect except the door he wanted to go through at the end oh. of the stage was shut so as, as we were all stood in awe he couldn't get the door oh, open to make his big exit so it would have been perfect yeah. but it was still a, an amazing moment to, for him to make the point that I know what the opposition like Barcelona yeah. are up to and I know how to I know, I love another one of his lines with when with Barcelona is that, that um I mean, Barcelona are such a such an arrogant club that they, you know, everything is, is different with Barcelona. It's almost like Liverpool. With the, you know, it means more to us. No, it doesn't. It meant an awful lot to Leicester as well when they won the title. But someone said to me, said, you know, but you should uh, credit Barcelona. You know, you you know, you learnt everything in your football from Barcelona. And he says, no, I didn't. He said, I learned it from Bobby Robson. So that absolutely silenced him straight away because he did learn everything yeah, from Bobby Robson. Yeah. That's what made him the manager. Mm. Going back to uh, to Guardiola, Martin. Yes. Um, uh, there's a famous story about him having a Mancunian crash course when he arrived. He did. He did. Yes. Yes. He. Uh, I mean. He, I think he. You know. He worked uh, right up to, until the summer at, at Bayern Munich. I think mm. he'd been over to Manchester once or twice. Didn't know a great deal about you know the sort of culture of the the club, but he was he was shown around uh, the the CFA by one or two sort of members 
members of staff and uh, yeah, well, a few a few sort of quirky Mancunian things were, were given to him. A, gla- yeah. a glass of Imto, I think. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Imto. Uh, <laughs> yeah, delicious. Coronation Street box set. Um, and then, um, yeah, so just... an Oasis uh, album as well, Yeah, there? I think there was an Oasis album too. Yeah, He's, yeah. He is... Uh, Noel Gallagher was the man who they got to do the sort of first interview yeah, with yeah. him. So uh, it's like, this is Manchester, like, sort of, you know, from whichever angle he looked at, he was... Uh, he, had, he had Manchester coming at him, so... Uh, uh, and he has actually, you know, he has embraced it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's bought uh, share in a in a restaurant in the town. He's bought he's bought the place where he uh, where he lives now with his family or some of his family. And mm. um, you know, that's quite a contrast to Jose, who of course sure. lived in the hotel for uh, for, for two it's and a half years. Interesting, though. That, that I mean, I think his mood has changed significantly since his wife and daughter mm, yeah. left Manchester and went yeah. to Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. 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 You should know better, but mm. do you think Guardiola versus Mourinho, which we expected in this country to be this big battle, so, yeah. never really no. happened, did it? No. And, and Guardiola almost could be the superior one because he was doing so much better. He could yeah. see Jose struggling. You almost felt sorry for Jose at the time that this didn't mm. yeah. ignite the way you wanted it to. Yeah. Well, we, uh, when when Guardiola first arrived, we, it was one of the few times we went in a separate room with him, didn't we? The, the, the dailies. We had a bit of a bit of a huddle with him, and he was asked about this. You know how he expected things to be with uh, with Jose, and he said uh, he said it'll it'll just play out naturally. I'm sure we'll we'll bump into each other in the same restaurant and, and have dinner together. And um, despite living really close to each other, I mean where Jose lived and where Guardiola's house. Is on Sulphur Keys, probably walked there in two minutes. As far as I know, I don't think they ever did bump into each other. So whether they sort of uh, you know put runners out to make sure the other one was was not around or what, but uh, and I also, I also think Jose got to a point where, particularly that season when he came second, I think they were second by something like twenty points or something, mm, weren't they? Mm. I think he got to a point with Manchester United where he thought it's just not going to happen. Right. I, I cannot, okay. I cannot catch up. Yeah. In my time that I want to be a manager, and he doesn't want to be a manager when he's 70, in my time I'm going to be a manager, it's just not going to happen here. Um, I cannot catch up with this bloke. mm. And the way City are set up, because the way City are set up has been in the planning for about 10 years, Mm. and the way they're set up now, whereas Manchester United has been a bit higgledy-piggledy. And I think he recognised that, and I thought he almost manufactured his exit because he just realised it wasn't going to happen, and second wasn't enough for him. Europa League... League Cup, FA Cup final. I mean, remember he got to an FA Cup final as well. Mm. Those yeah, yeah. achievements w- weren't enough. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's uh, quickly talk about your experiences with Pep, um, yes. Martin. Um, yeah. Surprisingly friendly, would you say? Uh, certainly on tour, Sean. Yeah, you know, mm. we we I've been lucky to to travel on on three pre-season tours that he's done, and and we we sort of feel those of us who cover regularly, um, you know, on a on a sort of press conference day. Uh, during the season that we don't really get a chance to get very close to him but um, he has a he has a sort of assistant who follows him round pretty much everywhere and any anything really that is above and beyond what he's contracted to do mm. in terms of media he just won't do it so therefore you know chances to actually get to know him a little bit are, are few and far between when they won the treble last season he did have a little sort of drinks reception for us uh, uh, after his final press conference when he he, he gave us all a uh, a glass of champagne and a, a shirt, so that was nice. But but on tour, he's he's been very different. You know, 
know, right. he, he, he'll come and he'll come and see us in the uh, uh, in the sort of mix zone where we try and chat to the players, and he'll he'll come and ask us where we're staying, which bars we've been to, and uh, and uh, yeah, we certainly in, in the one that sticks in my mind is Nashville a couple of years ago. Don't right. know if any of you guys have ever been, but if you haven't, you should. Uh, he <laughs> uh, he was um, he was keen to know which bars we went into, and and we believe <laughs> that he he took our advice and, and went. Good tonight. So, uh, so yeah, he's, he, there is a friendly guy there, and and the guys at the club say that you know he knows all their names and he'll he'll go and congratulate the website guy on on a nice piece that he did yeah, but, yeah. but for us we we unfortunately we've been kept at arm's length a little and, bit and know? the strange thing with that is is that Mancini who was um, the club tried to tell everybody when they uh, sacked him after he'd won the title and then come second and got to an FA Cup final yeah. the club tried to tell everyone that he was this horrible monster behind the scenes who wouldn't say hello to anyone and and you know uh, wouldn't look at the receptionist on his way in or, or something like that he was actually the one who took the press out every christmas yeah mm. for dinner and would mix with us uh, he was the one who would do jokey things like he'd sent david platt in for a couple of press conference and he heard that we weren't you know happy about it nothing against platty because he's a great bloke but and then he he came in himself with a david platt mask on and he used to come in late and i pretended i was asleep snoring really loudly and he came in with a with a really strong italian coffee once to wake yeah, me up yeah, yeah. he would do all that sort of mm. stuff for that sort of engagement yeah which then when you listen to people behind the scenes was at odds yeah, with, yeah. With, with the picture that was you being thought painted. this was about Guardiola and Mourinho didn't you you never realised how much Mancini would come into this <laughs> well it's just it's just <laughs> Martin laughs at me, <laughs> but it's just this, it's just this, this it's just this same pep thing you know that's, that's all great and wonderful and all that sort of thing you know I mean like he has a great opportunity to I don't think it would take that much effort no to sit down with the local guys who go away with Man City for half an hour no, on one no, of those no, tours no, he doesn't do that where there's no, an awful no. lot of spare time mm. Even Manchester City's own TV station, he only does one interview with in a year. Yeah, right. Mm. I don't think it would take that much effort no, to do no, a bit more. But he doesn't need to do them. You see, that's the right, thing. He doesn't need it? to do uh, them, uh, but why not? And I think that's his attitude to the media, and that he doesn't really need the For media. Sure. You know, if if he leaves Man City tomorrow, he's going to get another. Uh, no, he great doesn't job. need the media. Uh, but as soon as like someone asks him a difficult question or something like that, mm -hmm. or someone writes something that he doesn't like, and believe me, they all find out about something that's written yeah, that yeah. like then suddenly the media are important yeah but sure, yeah. Sean you mentioned earlier obviously when 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 any journalist gets one-to-one -one with a manager it's obviously a, a, a special time a special interview to get and, mm. and you said earlier obviously his, his passion and the passion he tried yeah. to get across to you is just yeah absolutely infectious. I mean it wasn't it wasn't interviews Martin uh, said you, mm. you tend not to get those not with, to, but no. it was just talking to him about football and life yeah. and it was only 15 minutes it, that, that's all it was I mean I've followed Arsenal for years and years I can remember like one occasion when I was left with Arsene Wenger just one yeah. on one you know so and I found him engaging I found, I, I found Guardiola engaging I found him interesting I experienced him at Barcelona and Bayern but this was the first time I'd really had a chance just to talk to him just me and him Yeah, and he, he is interesting and I felt like a bit like what Neil was saying there if he was prepared to do that and open up a bit to the journos he would get a better press it sounds ridiculous no, no, to say he no, doesn't get true. a good press he mm. wins everything how can you not get a good press yeah. but there is this bit of him that people don't know about and I mm. think it would be nice he occasionally does a book with a favoured Spanish yeah, journalist yeah, where yeah, you get yeah. to know a few things there's been a yeah. couple of those mm. which are 
which which do give you insight, yeah, which yeah. is why the books do very well because you don't really no, get no. that sort of insight. But it would be good to see him open up a little bit mm. in this country. Yeah, Martin, we've seen a little bit of that um, from him, uh, particularly at Football Writers Association yes. dinners and, and things like that. There's a yeah. story that you've got. I believe. That's right. Yeah, yes, it was. The, it was the Manchester Football Writers Dinner, and he was yeah. invited as a uh, as one of the prize winners. Uh, the association gives uh, yeah. an award to every northern club who've won a, uh, the manager of every northern club who's won anything. And uh, uh, it, it was a, a couple of uh, years ago, and City had actually played that afternoon. So um, he wasn't aware that the awards are given out right at the end of the uh, of the dinner. So uh, he'd basically come straight from the Etihad, still in his sort of uh, casual wear, I suppose. Whereas the rest that of us were all in all, all of us, the rest of us were all in suits, and they they put him on the table with these other managers. Which some, you know, there was there was the sort of championship managers, and then going right back right down to the guy who won the FA Vars. So yeah. uh, so he was, which was I'm sure it was a great thrill for him, for you know, to, <laughs> to be sat near Guardiola. But you, we Neil and I were our table was very close by but we could see as the night went on he was he was getting more and more agitated and basically wanting to go home yeah. he tended to be uh, looking at his phone an awful lot didn't <laughs> he it? was yeah but it was, I mean, his t-shirt looked like he'd been attacked by Godzilla yeah, yeah. And, and, and his jeans were all ripped and we're just looking at this bloke <laughs> thinking what what, what, what did he say on uh, well, the invite exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah and we eventually he, um, I think he stood up sometime between between 11 and 11.30 and uh, it was it was actually uh, Tony Mowbray who was the man before him who got the mic and we thought he was never going to never going to give up and God, he all of a sort of slumped in his chair thinking, so he's, not, he's not a big Tony Mowbray fan now no I don't think he is no, and, well and, Tony uh, Mowbray's speech I couldn't work out whether he was actually on the phone or he was <laughs> making a speech it just went but, on for so long but, but at the end Pep said can I go home now please was, was his, was his <laughs> oh, sort of but this, year, line, this year he got his he got award. it early didn't he he got his award yeah, early. literally before the soup Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he was yeah. given his award to make sure that he could then just go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So to be yeah, fair, so. Jurgen Klopp stayed, uh, stayed all night. And he did, he? yeah. 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 No, yeah. It was good. Uh, there's a mm. story about Pep Guardiola I'm a big fan of, um, and that was uh, with a, well, referencing a disabled reporter's yeah, son uh, in, the, right. in the FA Cup game with that's Wigan. That's right. Very, very, you know, that famous game where they lost to Wigan. I still, yeah. uh, still can't quite believe that. No, uh, I don't think anyone happened. can, no. <laughs> you know, City was so good that season and then they, they lost to Wigan. But yeah, uh, a guy from the local paper's got a, a severely handicapped um, yeah. son, which he's trying to get publicity for mm -hmm. and um, you know I'm, I, I uh, he's, he's an old old colleague of mine so I mentioned it to, to City in the hope that um, you know Pep might might sort of go and shake his shake the family's hand or, or whatever but he, he he did above and beyond that he went yeah. and he, he gave the lad a kiss on his nose and, and the TV cameras got it so it went it went all around the world and um, apparently couldn't you know he couldn't have been any nicer so uh, there's a very uh, everybody at City says that he's a, he's you know he's, he's a great guy but didn't didn't he do that with a player as well? Oh, it was um, yeah, Harry, who lost a baby. Yes, it was That's Harry right, yeah. uh, Arter, right. wasn't it, at Bournemouth? He made yeah. a real fuss of him. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, that was after a game that City had won. So uh, you know he was probably in a in a good mood. But yeah, Harry Arter's had a. I think his wife had lost, like you said, lost a baby, and um, Pep made a beeline for him after the game. Yeah. So uh, so there, you know there is that human side to him. For but sure. uh, unfortunately, we haven't we haven't seen too much of it on the on the media side. But um, it is there. Um, my next question is. Who do we think has accomplished more? Neil, um, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I think you've got, got an answer for this one. I think Mourinho has because I think um, the situations he went into were more difficult. Yep. And what he then achieved was more impressive um, in terms of Real Madrid overcoming the Barcelona side, which was regarded as the best um, you know, side ever. 
um, in terms of the travel within to Milan, which was just uh, astonishing. Uh, to achieve that not least the champ actually winning the Champions League mm. and to not only leave Chelsea but to go back to Chelsea and, and, and win the title again and I go back to Manchester United where you know Manchester United have seemingly been in chaos for six and a half years but in two years under him they won the Europa League they won the League Cup they got to an FA Cup final they came second in the league and at a time when the club was in seemingly in turmoil I think that was an in, that was an incredible achievement mm. so I think to do it in the different situations he's gone into and to change players and in many ways make players better uh, which Guardiola obviously has done as well you know Raheem Sterling being the best example yeah. but I just think the situations that, that Mourinho went into were a lot more difficult to then make a success of it than Guardiola did so for me I would give him the, the edge just. Is, is there anything in your eyes that Guardiola can do to better what Mourinho's done like what could Guardiola go on to do that could possibly overturn what Mourinho's done well I mean he could he could he could maybe take over Newcastle and make them win the league <laughs> <laughs> so but you no know, seriously but that would be the same as what he did within the Milan you, you, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean would winning the Champions League with City that wouldn't that wouldn't do anything I think winning the Champions League with City would be uh, wouldn't be as great a, 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 an achievement as as, as, as the one with Inter Milan but I think to do that would be a huge achievement because I don't think the club and the support base is set up well enough to recognise what a huge achievement winning the Champions League is and how if you win the Champions League you go down a legend yeah. Right? Yeah. I could ask you how many times have Bayern Munich won the Champions League you could probably tell me I could ask you how many times they've won the Bundesliga you probably couldn't tell me no because that's what puts you down in legend and that's what this club doesn't understand and that's what the fan base doesn't understand is this is the step they've got to make to make Manchester City but, but huge. Pep has won the Champions League. Mm. Mm. It's not like Pep hasn't won the Champions League. But he hasn't won it with Man City. The question no, was about yeah. Man City. Mm. Sean, in, in, in your view, um, who's accomplished more? Who do you think well, It depends done? how you measure the accomplishment. One of the things that slightly disappointed me about Mourinho at Man United was he... he he tends to coach. It feels like to me, coaches teams rather than rather than individuals. Okay. He did seem to get a bit more out of Jesse Lingard than other people managed to do. <laughs> Scott Whereas, McTominay. Guard, yeah, Scott McTominay. Yeah. Okay, he probably now listed yeah, a few. Yeah. But Guardiola seems to be able to get hold of individual players and make them better to work in his system, maybe, but For to sure. make them be, make them better. I, I quite yeah. like that. I, I, so that's accomplishing John something. Stone. That's actually coaching. I think he's given up on John Stones, uh, but that's actually Many accomplishing have. things with. Yeah. with particular players quite like that I think if they were equal trophies I've got no idea whether they are actually but if, if they were I think you'd prefer to see a Guardiola side the way they play winning the trophies I take Neil's point exactly Mourinho has always gone on to, into more difficult situations by and large yeah. than, than Guardiola so he, he is always coming off a longer run to try and achieve things so I really do uh, see that see that point I mean I know Chelsea had a billionaire backer but then Manchester City had yeah, yeah, big well, backers yeah. and, it took a, and, and it took a little while mm. Mourinho achieved it pretty much instantly yeah uh, and you had to change a lot around uh, and you had to pick out the right players um, so and we are going back a long way I, I accept that for, for when that started in 2003 four, 2004 but he's I'd give Mourinho the edge I would say 
Martin, you agree yeah, with that? Yep, so Sean, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate and go okay. for Pep. <laughs> All right. I think that, you know, if you go back to Barcelona, it, it, it was Barcelona, admittedly, but they weren't in a great state when right. he took over from them. You know, he picked up uh, a mess. It's all relative, obviously, but, <laughs> but Frank Rijkaard's side mm. weren't, in, weren't in the best shape. So, uh, and to turn them into a team that still people talk about, uh, Guardiola's Barcelona. They've been in you the know, semi-finals so. of the Champions League. Uh, yeah, but... The, it, Some mess. It wasn't, uh, no, it, it wasn't no. peak Barcelona, so people people still talk about that Barcelona side. Yeah. And as for City, you know, he he picked up uh, that the, the last two seasons under Pellegrini were, were two seasons of of drift. Really, they were yeah. they weren't uh, they were they, they, again they had just got to the Champions League semi final, admittedly, yeah, yeah. but they'd finished fourth in the Premier League, and it was a long way uh, a long way back in fourth. So, uh, um, and I, and I just admire the way he stuck to his principles, you know. And Sean touched on it earlier. So many times, journalists were saying to him like. Do not think about changing your ways, uh, uh, Pep. And he was like, "You'd like, you'd like that, wouldn't you, guys?" But I'm not going to do it. And he stuck at it and stuck at it. And those last two seasons uh, before this one uh, sort of indicated him really. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I admire the way he stuck to his uh, stuck to his guns. So on the flip side to what I asked Neil in terms of what could uh, Pep do to to topple Mourinho, what mm. could Mourinho now do for you to topple what uh, Pep's done well, win the Champions League with Tottenham? Yeah, yeah, that would be. Uh, well, you'd be you'd be pleased with that, oh, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm sure he will bring success. To, yeah. uh, to Tottenham, it'll be a different sort of success. You know, yeah, he won't sure. uh, he won't play the perhaps the sort of football that, that Tottenham fans like to see played. But you know, he he's a he's a great tactician, and and um, you know the way he sets his teams up to to to, to win games. And, and the game, uh, you know, the, the 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 game where he beat Pep recently, I think is a, a prime example of that. Really, you know, mm. he, and I think he tried to do the same against Liverpool, didn't he? You know, uh, yeah. the way yeah, yeah. the way he sort of set them up to get a result, and uh, and I'm sure he will win. Something if with the players, the, the, you're absolutely spot on what you said there. If the players listen to him and enact what he says, they will be successful, mm. right? I, I think nowadays there's too many players who, oh no, he's wrong. No, I, I would need to be the free man, the number ten who runs around everywhere and does all special things to get seven out of ten from the sun or something like that. You know, um, and at Inter Milan, that's exactly what the players did. Yep. He said to the players at Inter Milan. If you listen to me, if you do this and you do that and you do that, I can make you a success. Mm. And they all took it on board and they did it. Mm. And they became a success. Mm. And and he has these master plans that that, that work. I, I remember him going to Anfield two or three seasons ago and he was absolutely slaughtered by every pundit, people in our industry, because it was nil-nil, right? And it was all his fault it was nil-nil. Not Jurgen Klopp's fault, it was all his fault it was nil-nil. Liverpool were beating everyone 3-4-5-0 at that point yeah. and he just stopped them Jurgen Klopp did not make one substitution in that game where he took off a midfielder and put on an attacker took off a defender and put on a midfielder because he knew that if he did the master tactician next to him would then make his move and do him so you know he gets it right on the big occasion absolutely well I'm afraid that's all we've got time for in this episode of Swedes 2 Turnips 1 thank you to Sean Martin and Neil hopefully we'll all have you on again very soon and remember to subscribe and review the pod at Apple Podcasts Spotify or Acast or wherever you get your podcasts I've been Sean Cook that's all from us and we'll see you very soon catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 